Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of The Darius Show. If you're new around here, here's how we do things. My name is Darius Cook, as always, and the basic premise is I watch a show, I talk about that show, you listen, and you enjoy. For today's episode, we're going to be doing a full breakdown of Afterlife Season 3 on Netflix. This is the one that's starring Ricky Gervais as he explores his relationship with grief after the tragic passing of his wife. I had a really good time watching the season. My feelings on it overall is a mixed bag, but the series as a whole does mean a lot to me, and I think that it's really well done and just pulled off in such a fantastic way. It's got humor, it's got heart, it's got interesting characters, and most of all, it's got depression and sadness. But at the end of the day, it has a message of hopefulness and of, of ins- inspiration. So let's go ahead and roll the intro and get right into it, guys. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. So, Afterlife on Netflix starring Ricky Gervais. Now, to really talk about season three of this show, I have to go back and kind of talk about the journey that we go on with season one and two with our character Tony here. And because it's pivotal to talk about how I feel about how they choose to take the direction in this final season. However, Afterlife is a show about a character named Tony who he basically had a perfect life with his wife, whom he loved more than anything in this world. And the show shows us plenty of clips that really affirm that their love was very genuine and very strong. But she unfortunately dies from having cancer. This leaves a big hole in his life and basically turns him into an extreme cynic. Um, He's basically pissed off at the world and doesn't understand why this happened to him specifically or why someone so pure and full of love was taken away from this world. He starts to question reality. he He questions God, and he even starts to become suicidal. That is the character that we open up to in season one of this series. And what they do with this character is they flesh him out by by introducing you to a host of characters around his community. These are people he works with, people he just happens to pass by every day, and people he interacts with uh, because of just the people that are close within his life. And basically, you get to you bounce this character off of these people, and he's a hilarious character. If you're familiar with Ricky Gervais, you'll know that he is a legend, and he's freaking hilarious. He also made the original Office, the British version, And there is echoes of that performance that exists in this show. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Here we are with this character and he he turns everything into a bleak joke and a joke at somebody's expense or really just taking them down in not a funny way, in a way that is genuinely hurtful. And he's constantly reminding the people around him that he honestly just might kill himself. And that's a very dark character to open the series with. The show finds its charm in its humor because it is still very funny. And they use these cutbacks to video footage of the time that they spent together before she passed away to really bring a lot of heart and humanity to the narrative. Now, that's all what what just happens in season one. Throughout the journey he takes from season one and into season two is he's starting to grow and he's starting to learn from the people around him and rely on them a little bit more. And what this creates for this character is a community of positive intention around him. And 
the way that he processes his grief genuinely evolves and becomes something very beautiful throughout the two the first two seasons. So I already described how he started out in season one. By the time we're finished with this character in season two, the amount of growth he's able to have overcome in this time is that he actually feels like he's ready to start a relationship. That seems to be the strong implication going into season three is that we're going to see him actually start to have a relationship with somebody else and learn how to love again. Now, going into season three, that's actually a very different character than uh, the one that we were potentially promised. I don't think that the character that we get instead is a bad one by any means, and the arc that they leave him on in regards to his relationship status is actually a very nuanced one, and I think I think is the right choice for his character overall. Now, getting into season three, finally, um, one thing that is immediately clear is that they're going to hop right back into the same structure that they always have. Right, A lot of these episodes follow a very similar structure, and that's we open to a video footage of him with Lisa, and you remember their relationship and remember how much, how much he really lost and why that means so much to him. Then you get a scene with his dog, and then you go to work, and you see his characters around the work. They all have their own situations going on as well. One thing I actually appreciate about this series is how much it incorporates these other characters that have their own problems that are similar but not quite the same to our main characters. And you do get to watch them each go on their own journey that gets well bookend in this season, to be fair, for each character. But you see him bounce off the characters at the office. This is really where you get to see where his mental state is because he's emoting to so many different people. This is always kind of where we see the plot being developed for the episode and everybody it sets up for all of our major characters what they're going to be dealing with in each episode this always happens within the workspace one thing i will say is they tend to introduce a lot of new characters into the office each season has kind of a revolving door of just a couple characters that go in and out and i do like the one that they introduce this season she doesn't get that much to do but she fits in and melds with the overall vibe of the office very well then you see the character go to the nursing home where he has his potential new girlfriend there. In the past, the excuse for going to the nursing home was to visit his father. However, his father passed away at the end of season two. He's still popping back in there and developing a relationship with one of the other patients that reminds him of his father. But the reason being this time is because he is starting this new journey with uh, the nurse that works there. Again, it was implied to be romantic, but in this season we see that it it's actually just a platonic one and that's that's an okay thing it's a little bit bittersweet but it's okay for both those characters and of course at the after he goes to the nursing home he goes home to drink wine sit with his dog and watch more videos of lisa one of the more interesting uh subtle details that's re that's current throughout the series that they don't ever really do say anything about is how constant his drinking behavior is I suppose he isn't always drinking in excess, at least not past season one. However, he is drinking every single episode and usually multiple times throughout the episode. It's just an interesting detail. They don't ever try to make a point that he does have a bad relationship with alcohol, at least not in the final season. But I think that it's one detail of his character that could have been fleshed out more because it just is always so present. Uh, there's plenty of shots throughout the season where you actually see the wine bottle and the wine glass in the foreground of the shot and him in the background. So it feels like they're drawing attention to it, but the show never makes a point to really acknowledge that. So I'm not sure. It's just an interesting little uh, subtext detail that's in the mix. 
And I have to say, my journey with this season specifically is kind of cut in half. The first three episodes of the season, for some reason, I I was happy to be back in this world with these characters, but I really wasn't enjoying it on the level that I was in the first two seasons. I don't feel like most of these characters, on the, all of these side characters, I don't feel like there has been enough in their narrative or their storytelling that really makes me want to come back to them and revisit them again. And that, that was really my feelings in the first half of the season. Even with our main character, I felt like he hadn't made any progress or it was as if he took two steps back in those first three episodes. And again, the quirky little world and all the characters that I have in it just wasn't enough to really sustain my interest up to the point where I wasn't even sure I was going to talk about this show on the podcast. I didn't know if there would be anything to talk about. That being said, the second half of the episodes that they turned in here changed my mind completely. And I think that the the start to this shift is in the fourth episode where Tony sets out to actually scatter his father's ashes, something he committed to do a long time ago but never actually got around to doing. And it's not that that plot in of itself was the particularly meaty plot that was the catalyst for more drama to start happening or more strong emotion to come out of the storytelling. It's that it just does mark this shift of slower, more attention to the characters around. And this is where it starts to kind of know that it's heading towards the finale of the series. And it starts to actually make significant strides in making character growth and having the strong character interactions we do amongst our entire cast. So like I said, going into the season, I had an overwhelming sense that this was completely unnecessary. They didn't need to make a third season. Why did they even do this? But by the end of the season, I actually couldn't have been more on the reverse side of that. I was so happy that I got to spend just this little extra time with these characters and how they set up little arcs for each and every character Uh, even considering at the end of season two, I would say that they all had already came to a close on some arcs. They're able to uh, explore more with each character. And that's actually really impressive in a six episode run. Characters that I've barely even cared about in the past. I found myself tearing up when their character arcs came to a close in that final episode. One thing I I really want to talk about is the humor of this series. Now, I'm assuming this is just more of a British uh, humor sensibility thing and maybe why I feel a slight disconnect to it, me being an American audience. You know, I'm a Florida boy, but it's very dry. It's very awkward. And at times it's a little flat to me. Not all of the humor in this series lands. That being said, this show is delivering so many different jokes. And even though it seems like it's a big flat line, there is so much humor that is going on that even though a lot of it isn't hitting for me, there's still plenty that does. And all in all, this series is genuinely funny. Even when we're just looking at a flashback of Tony and Lisa's relationship from back in the past, just the banter that they have between those characters actually actually gets a genuine laugh out of me. And it's kudos on the writing team that they were able to pull it off. Knowing that Ricky Gervais made the original Office, you can see a little bit of that humor style specifically of the British version uh, that is translated into this, there there's notes of that here. And that is because they are also in an office setup, and it's most evident when you're in that situation with the characters, actually in the physical office. You see that comparison a little bit. 
but there is overlap in the in their approach to humor and it's awkward and uncomfortable humor that we see throughout the series at large. Now, before I talk about my overall thoughts of the finale, there are a few characters that are introduced here that I want to specifically go over. Um, the first one I'll start with is my favorite of any of the side characters, and that's Matt. This is Lisa's brother. So this Tony, our main character, this is actually his brother-in-law, and they work together. So not only is this character also unique in that He's the only other character that we can see would actually have experienced the same loss of Lisa in a similar way to Tony. However, in the first two seasons, they never really give that character time to play with that loss or really you don't see him emote too much about the fact that it is his sister who had passed away. We see him just overly concerned for taking care of Tony, who, like I said at the start of the show, was suicidal. So everyone who was around him was very worried about him that was a very genuine concern so it kind of made it so where he didn't have time to mourn his own sister's law death he had to focus up on the situation that was in front of him and this person who was slipping at his fingertips now he is the most interesting character because they really try to flesh him out more than anyone he's kind of soft-spoken he he lets people walk all over him and that's kind of what his emotional journey is throughout the series However, the way that they end him towards the finale is fairly interesting. You still see him kind of getting abused by bullies, and we see it uh, in the actual in one of the most in one of the last scenes we see in the series is he stands up to these bullies. He still kind of loses and gets embarrassed. However, he's able to hang his dignity on the fact that he did step up when nobody else did, and I think that is a consistent uh, beat to his character. Is that He's not afraid to stand up and say something, even when it's standing up to Tony, our main character, who can take the piss out of anyone and can talk anyone into circles, right? He will still stand up and say something to him when he doesn't feel like his mindset is correct, even though it usually ends with him just getting insulted and embarrassed and walking away anyways, he is going to stand up and say something. So I do really like his character. He's very admirable, and it wasn't until this season that I understand understood the nuance of his character i was waiting for him to not be so quote-unquote pathetic anymore but really he hasn't been this whole time it's just how soft-spoken he is i do appreciate in the last episode when tony and him are able to have an honest conversation about how tony was just apologizing that he never gave him time to have sympathy for the fact that his big sister died you know if you approach the show in a slightly different light and make Matt, our main character, from the point of view of them who their older sister just died, I think you would have an equally as rich and um, emotionally weighty narrative as you get here. So I like that we were able to pay that off for that character. Another character that makes a really strong impression throughout these seasons is Emma. And she is the nurse character whom that Tony almost has a relationship with. Now, in this season, at the beginning of the season, she's ready to go. And honestly, she's been ready to go for a while now. She's been ready to start a relationship or get close to Tony. Even though she's realized that he not, might not be there yet, she's remained hopeful. And it felt like for a while, that's where the narrative was going, that he would finally be open to starting a new relationship. But that's not where they take it in this season. So the first half you see here just waiting around and you see resentment kind of starting to form with her. She's infinitely patient and she's never 
um, unreasonably upset over the fact that he has these lingering feelings for his uh, passed away wife. However, she's just waiting here and she can't wait forever. Honestly, I think she's a catch. She's really funny. She's smart. And she she's just so patient with this Tony character and understanding of the situation. Um, that being said, I get the impression that this character has kind of been passed over her whole life. And it's sad to see that for her. And I actually kind of like that she ends up going in a different direction and finds love with somebody else. Uh, an uh, old flame from her past is what they say. The interaction that they have in the second to last episode where they kind of tie up that relationship from Tony and Emma. And they're just having an honest conversation about how Tony just can't be there for her in that way at this time and that they can just be friends and that's okay i don't know i like where they landed with her it, it was a maybe a little bit disappointing to not see something happen there but i do think it's a little realistic and how there's an infinite amount of ways to deal with grief after the point and for some people it's definitely the best thing to move on and find new love again and for some people or maybe just not at this point in his life that's not really on the table for Tony. And I do I do think that this show has given us many examples of older people at any point along their life still finding love. And so uh, there's still hope for Tony yet if he does decide to go in that direction down the line from here. The only other side character that's actually able to make a strong impression on me is Kath. And she hasn't always been this character. Um... For most of the series run, I actually never found her really interesting. Every time that they're cutting to her, I didn't think that her humor was particularly funny or that any of her side plots were interesting enough. However, just in the last couple episodes, the way that they're building her up in the background. So throughout this season, she's been going on these dates that have really just not been going well at all. There's basically no hope of having a connection with the people that she's been going on these dates with. And her character has consistently been an endearing one who puts herself out there and tries for new for new things, you know. Um, however, it's in this final little part of the narrative that she you see that she's just become really lonely. And that's made the most clear when she is trying out this yoga class where the idea is to be overly positive to increase your endorphins and whatnot. Unfortunately, she's unable to participate that in that to participate in that specific activity. And she breaks down and starts crying and lamenting how lonely she is. It's in that very moment that she's asked to leave because she's bringing the vibes down, you know. And I, I really started to feel really bad for this character because if once I really track her arc throughout all of the seasons, what you can see is a character who is crying for help. But we, the audience, don't always see that because we're so involved in our own main character's grief, you know. And I think that she has had... You know, just like I said, Matt could you could shift the focus to Matt and he would be the main character of this story easily. Uh, I think that her journey deserved a little bit more attention as well. Uh, and that would have done wonders for her character to have just made a stronger impression earlier on in the series. However, the final notes that we leave off with her that she is getting a dog to kind of fill that void in her life and understand that responsibility and love, I think is definitely a good one. And she's definitely on the path for a hopeful and inspirational journey as well ahead of her. But yeah, if I'm being honest, all the rest of the side characters, the mailman, the guy who was basically homeless, the the kid who wants to be an actor, all these side characters honestly don't make a very strong impression on me. 
I don't think that any of their humor was ever really that good, and their plot lines have been relegated so to the background that you never really get to see much with these characters, though they are played up more in this season, I believe. All that being said, it's still very impressive that the in the final moments of the series, they were able to deliver a satisfying moment for each of these characters. And like I said, they haven't always made the strongest impression. They, they are delightful and a bit funny at times, but the fact that they were able to leave enough of these breadcrumbs to actually build up to a satisfying conclusion narrative for each and every one of these characters, I have to give major credit to the series for doing that. And it, it, that's the big thing. How do you have a finale? So many shows are so great, but their finale leaves such a bad taste in your mouth because, of course, it's hard to bring satisfying conclusions to all of your characters. That's a very hard thing to pull off, especially in one episode. But this show does it, and they even did it for characters I wasn't even that particularly invested in to begin with. So that was very impressive. Another character I forgot to mention is the older woman that Tony always hangs out with on the bench next to the grave of Lisa, his wife. And this woman is also there lamenting her dead husband. This is a character that was introduced in season one. And the talks that they have on that bench always hit home the biggest messages of the series. The wisdom that she's able to impart on Natoni as they have mirroring journeys. And even though she might be a little further along in that journey, they're both learning from each other and they're both learning from their own grief as they try to pick up the pieces of their life after their dead spouse. She has always delivered the most emotional beats throughout the series, and she's always a joy to have on the screen. Their little relationship that they have of support and and whatever you want to call it is just, it's great. And it's actually one of the better things that the show can, has to bring to the table. Their final scene in the series, uh, she delivers a message of just just amazing hope to him. And she says that, Tony, you're my angel. You know, angels can come in the form of a dog, of whatever you want to call it. But the speech that she gives and just how much that uh, that presence can do for the people in their life, I think uh, it made a really strong impact on me. And it was a beautiful way to send off her character. There's also a moment where he's talking to her. And we this this dialogue is really clear to show specifically why the season three was needed for his growth. And I thought that his character arc was done already in terms of his grief, but it really wasn't. And what he says is, I'll never find someone to replace her again, and I don't want to, but I do want to find a reason to live. This is the first time that we see this character, you know, he, he's come around to the people in his life and he's, he's had a healthier point of view on his grief and his relationship with his wife. But for the first time, he's really excited, excited about finding something to live for. And it's that hopeful tone that we really send off with as being the final note for our character of Tony. It's that he's going to be open to experiences and find reasons to live for and help others and do all that great stuff. This is made the most clear in his final interview that he does when he goes to the hospital and he meets a cancer a cancer patient also by the name of Lisa, something that strikes a chord with him because as we know his wife Lisa died from cancer. And you know, he does what he does best and that's making the people around him laugh, uh, including them and they ask him to come back tomorrow won't you come back and visit us again and he promises that he will every day until she gets better i think that this moment is the defining moment for our character tony as this is his purpose now 
and it's kind of what he's always done it's that he's he's he can lighten the mood even when he's in a depressive state he's still the funny guy and he still can put a smile on people's faces and i think that he for the first time is really acknowledging his ability to do that and he kind of sets out that he is going to continue to do that to to make happiness in the world and that's what he's done within within his community the final scene that we see in the series is everyone gathered at this fair and we see all the people kind of around Tony's life different lives that he's touched and helped in different ways and they have helped him of course and they're all happy and thriving for the first time and the sense the little community that they've built is definitely a quirky and weird one but a lovely one uh as well and so I appreciate that the show is able to really uh hit home all those notes and end for a show that brings so much sadness and just faces that raw emotion without any fear, this show really ended on such a strong, hopeful note, and I appreciate that it was able to do that. Oh, yeah, and both times that Tony and Matt were playing sports against each other in tennis and squash, it was so funny. These were honestly one of my favorite, my I think the funniest moments that this show delivered in three seasons is just watching them genuinely play the sport against each other as they're when you're watching them play tennis, they're actually like pretty okay at it. But Ricky Gervais is still wiping the floor with him just with ease. And all the little insults that he's throwing in there while doing that is just hilarious. And when they're playing squash and Ricky's literally sipping on beer and throwing up in the corner while still wiping the floor with this guy is super funny. Uh, It's also a nice little reminder that, you know, to be healthy, to get yourself out of a funk, it is important to be physically active and spend time with people outside of your little domain. But yeah, one of my favorite moments of the series. I just couldn't let this review end without mentioning that. But yeah, that's pretty much going to be bring my review to a close here, guys. I have mixed emotions about this series. I don't, like I said, you know, I was just singing the series uh, praises a second ago, but it's not always the perfect series. And the energy is a little bit inconsistent at times. And for me, the humor just doesn't always land. That being said, the story of grief that they bring these characters on is perhaps the most effective version of that storytelling I've ever come across. Ricky Gervais really did something with this one, and if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest it, especially in a post-COVID world. This show will bring you great catharsis, so definitely give it a watch. I, I will definitely be remembering this one for a long time to come. But yeah, thank you for giving my review a listen. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it, guys. And if you're listening here, if you have any feedback, hit me up at thedshowpod at gmail.com. That's T-H-D-S-H-O-W-P-O-D at gmail.com. Hit me up on TikTok at The Darius Show. Hit me up on Instagram at The Darius Show. Show me some love, guys. I really appreciate it. Any support, feedback, rating, like, whatever you got for me goes a really long way. But yeah, for now, that's going to bring it all to a close. Afterlife on Netflix. Thanks for listening, and I love you.